Congratulations! You found it! The most inappropriate book club you never knew you were missing! Starring the original book divas Martha Steele and Vonnie Golden, and also featuring Megan Runyon, YA superfan, Keith Steigert, Uber Reader, and Romance Junkie. These people are passionate about books, maybe a little too passionate. Plotting world domination one book at a time, they are three book girls. Okay, I have something very serious that I want to discuss <gasps> with you ladies. That okay. I want to discuss. That sounds super like. It is an insanely important thing that I need to know other women's opinion about. All right, do okay. tell. Okay. So, okay, I, I live in a place where there is no Target. So recently I went to a Target and I saw this whole section of cooter shavers. Like it was like, what? it was a razor and it's only for your lady bits. What? And with the razor, oh wait, with the razor, there was a special shave cream there was a special serum. There was a special like something like there were five different creams and serum-y things. Now for moisturizing your 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 lady bits after yeah, shaving. To, yeah, like first before you and after. Ex, first you exfoliate with this special crap, and then you shave, and then you put on a special shaving gel. Then you use the special razor. Then you put on the special serum to keep you from growing ingrown hairs, I guess. And then you put on the special moisturizer. So of course I bought one. Now in my shower, I have one razor for my legs, one razor I use on my face, one razor I use on my armpits and one now I use on my cooter. And I'm like, does everybody else in the world have like four <laughs> different razors? Cause I'm waiting for my husband to be like, what the hell is this shit show in our shower? <laughs> I only have one razor, but I am intrigued about the that new shaver at Target because when I go to the beach and stuff, if it keeps you from having the bumps because you don't get ingrown hairs, that's worth investing in. The problem is I think you have to buy all the stuff. Now, I just bought the shade. I just bought the razor. I don't know what's... Honestly, I used it once. I don't know what's special about it. I didn't feel like... It didn't feel as easy to shave. Like it felt like there was more resistance. I don't even know if that's a thing. Like it yeah. just didn't go. Like that's, it was dude, really that, weird. Think about it. Think about the guys. They their beard hairs are very coarse. Cooter uh -huh. cooter hairs coarse. So what you're saying is I should just use a man's razor. That's what I would yes. do. Except for, yeah. you know, you got to be careful because you've been really shaving some bits off. You don't want to be shaving. Yeah, men's razors are Because they're scary. sharp. Yes. And that and might that be why you have the special one. This one has this weird shield so that you don't cut yourself. Yeah, because like now is, I need to go to Target. I don't know if you've ever cut yourself down there, but oh yeah, you bleed. Yeah, like seriously, I don't know. That, it's that's not cool. That's some serious bleeding, and I mean, it's not like you can put a band aid really on it. Should <laughs> <laughs> have to kind of let it bleed mm. for a while. So yeah. now I'm kind of wondering. Like now the nice thing is that if you only use it for one place, you you're always supposed to use it when it's sharp. So it shouldn't get, I mean, it's not like I'm daily shaving my cooter or anything, but, um, so it should be, I shouldn't have to go through a whole bunch of razor blades, I think, but my, I didn't buy all the you other You should crap. have bought the other crap. I will take See? one for the, and how much was all the other crap though? That's the real question. I think it was all like about 10 bucks a piece. Oof, like, so that's like I a mean, sixty dollar yeah. shave kit. Exactly. Yeah. But it, I mean, I if it keeps you stuff. from getting the shave bumps, because that's a big problem, especially if you're trying to shave for summer, because then you got, yeah. you know, yeah. you've got that the rash that you get from yeah. shaving where you don't I mean, usually I, shave. I feel like that's a worthwhile investment for the summer, or if you're like going on like a cruise or something in the winter. Like it's I feel like shaving costs like a billion dollars a month because it does. like. For okay, in the well, summer, whatever happened? Wait, wait, hold on what? a second, Vonnie. What happened with oh. that weird thingy that you got? The lip, lip. I am not using that on my cooter. That sounds scary as shit. Why? What does it do? It's like a laser. Well, oh, the thing that Vonnie was talking about middle. from middle yeah. from Amazon, right, Vonnie? Is yeah. that where you got that thing from? She's not moving her lips. Maybe she thinks we're frozen. 
Bonnie, can you hear us? Me? Oh, yeah. Yeah. yes. Is there anybody on here it, besides it, you named Bonnie? <laughs> well, I couldn't hear you. My phone, it, the phone call quit. Oh, you're going, I'm having Bonnie, some technical difficulties. Bonnie, Bonnie. <laughs> it's like we were talking about that shaver thing you got, the you know, like the, elect, the laser one. Yeah, we want to know if that, that laser one, if that might yeah. be usable on, on the lady bits. Or if you, well, that one chick on that, um, that Facebook feed said that she started using it on her bush. Really? She said, I've even used it on the old bush some. Hmm. But I haven't I haven't tried it on my leg yet. Use it on the old bush thumb. This sounds like from <laughs> Oklahoma I've, for I've sure. Use it on the old bush thumb. Well, that that I is want the you to be the guinea pig. I want you to be the guinea pig because I am definitely afraid of it until you tell me if it works, dude. That, okay. Go ahead. Well, go, I want to use it. But I, tell you what, go, I tell you what, Vonnie, we'll wait. You go ahead and go in the bathroom <laughs> and get, get busy on that and then come back and report. We'll wait. I have to charge it first. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. You know, who would, you know who would probably know would be the U.S. Olympic swim team. And since you all were talking about the size of people's packages, I feel like it's only fair that we discussed the men's swim team last I week. My God, Megan, you're so loud. She Jesus. brought it back to the Olympics. She could take any conversation we are having and bring it back to one of her special, like, <laughs> One of her special things. It's Hanson or yeah. swimming or the Olympics <laughs> or private school. What, what else? What else do we have? Well, Megan no. D-A-R. Come on, Megan. No, because <laughs> I made you oh, all swear God. not to talk about the men's swim team without me. So I had to bring it back around. Oh. We did not talk about them. We talked about their peni. I know, but. No, we, we didn't can, talk about the swim team We didn't team talk about peni. swimming. No, we just, just talked about packages. it in general. Just packages in general. Just yeah. packages in general. So, you, you know. know See, speaking of packages, speaking of packages, there was this girl Ooh. once that I worked with that um, examined the package of the UPS guy while she was at work. <laughs> <laughs> In the, back of, so the, in the back of his truck. Oh, oh. What? Ew. Okay. Never mind. <laughs> that answered that question. She opened his package while she was at work. That's dangerous. <laughs> yeah, I know. You right? have to watch those UPS. She came back they in. They deliver and, fast. <laughs> she came back in and she was all flushed. And I was like, Ew, can how you come imagine? her face is all red? And then later, dirty the back of UPS truck is. And then later I found out she's dating the UPS guy and I'm like, Oh, okay. Yeah, dude. Somebody add a little sticky packages. Complaining. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the I real reason she... your UPS package gets diverted. <laughs> it was used as bedding. <laughs> <laughs> it got a little something something on it. They had to air it out on this one. <laughs> we need to revert redivert it. <laughs> Packaging was destroyed in transit. <laughs> sometimes i wonder when i get those packages and they look like they've been a, through a war now i know what they now you know from. have you guys ever had a ups guy that wasn't like a really good looking guy well, you know heather that i work with her husband's a ups guy and he's a hottie i don't like, know if i, yeah, I think they i think they UPS screen guy. i think they must screen their ups guys for hotness they find them to work at the like the it's kind of like the Hooters. It's like the Hooters of of delivery services. You it's know, like it's like you turn around and let's degree. see how your butt looks in these shorts. Oh yeah, you're perfect. Come yeah. on down. <laughs> Do you remember like CBS used to have a show, King of Queens, and all those guys you worked for UPS? And I was always like, dude, none of those guys look like the UPS deliverers I get because mine look have... like they could be stripping. I know, right? They must make some good money, though. I mean, I guess you got to when you're picking up all them packages. You got to be buff. Be. Yeah. <laughs> There's the sock on my door. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there was a lady and I love her on TikTok. I think it's like shoe lover 99 is her username. And she's, she's a 99th shoe lover. Uh, yeah, but she's 
like this little Southern woman from like Alabama and she had on pineapple earrings and somebody commented and was like, you know, that's a sign for swingers, right? And she goes, Ac- but, but here's the best part in her little Southern accent. And she's adorable. She's like, actually, it's an upside down pineapple. And I know because I have swinger friends and they have told me this. <gasps> and like all these swingers commented on her thing and they were like, yeah, girl, you right. <laughs> like, so it's an upside down pineapple oh so yeah i saw a lady today oh. when i was up that uh in that tiny little town Lindsay, oklahoma there was a girl there with a pineapple tattoo on her arm mm. was it upside down well it depends on how you look at it kind of looked upside <laughs> down to me but i so don't does know that work for the gnomes like if is it only if the gnomes are upside down so you no, plant think- their the, you plant their um pointy hat in the ground <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. It's good that she educated the general public about that because, yeah. yeah. Well, we did. We were su- super curious about it. You know, yeah. inquiring so minds has- need to know these things. You never know when you're going to blunder into a situation. Yep. That's going to be embarrassing. You need to be informed, people. I am painting my star now and I'm putting it on my house. And I am hoping that that does not automatically make me a swinger. I bet if we got on like swinger talk, we could probably find out all this. Wait a minute. Is is that a thing? I bet you, I bet you there's a hashtag that's like swinger talk. Speaking of taking one for the team, Megan, why don't you get on? No, I don't want that in my algorithm. I like living in my Harry Styles, Louis Tomlinson world. Thanks. (laughs) She stumbles into a TikTok world that she's never seen. And then I'm going to have to like, search all the one direction and boy band hashtags to get back out of it <laughs> i'll tell you what i am deeply enmeshed in smut talk and i don't ever see them talking about swinging so i guess it's not I kind of wondered if maybe it was really sort of a myth that everybody talks about it but never nobody ever does it right <laughs> yeah i mean i i get the upside down pineapple that makes a lot of sense yeah. the gnome thing that would be no yeah it I, has to be the gnome has to be special in some way but do you remember that we we i mean we actually found that information on on google yeah yeah that's but where we came up with anything on google i mean you've seen some of the shit yeah, that comes up true. on the internet if it's on the internet it must be true Dude, there's a whole Facebook page of bearded women. They're my people. Proudly bearded. I mean, like voluptuous. Oh, like they beard. didn't shave their beard. Yeah, I'm talking. Oh, I think Mr. Keith would be freaked out making out yeah, with a I don't girl know. with a beard. I, I just don't understand how that could. For me, it's too much of a cultural thing. I don't like guys with beards, let alone a beard on myself. Oh, no, I, I like the lumberjack aesthetic. Bonnie likes Bonnie likes a little lumberjack, fisherman lumberjack. Facial hair is weird. I thought you liked bearded men. I don't know if I've ever dated a bearded person or a mustache. There is Goatee, a very, That's it. There is a very weird period when they're growing their hair. If if it's like a full beard, it gets soft and so it's fine. But yeah, there is the this period like it's my catchy. husband will shave after the Steelers lose for the season Mm -hmm. and then like for the time that it's growing back in like if he doesn't keep it close shave it is very scratchy but once it grows in like for i don't know a couple weeks it's all soft what about you megan where do you stand on the men's facial hair thing i don't think i've ever like i've dated guys who had scruff but it's always like where they're trying to have that like scruffy look not like a full beard i don't love the scratchy yeah no well and I just, I guess most of the guys I hung out with growing up shaved. So like, so you're attracted to clean shaven yeah, because that's where I like in high school. I like my men smooth like butter, <laughs> but some guys look really good with like a, a close. I, I wouldn't mind one that was like a close beard, yeah. like not where it's still scratchy. I'm but not like, talking the kind that you can braid. No, that's weird. You're talking I'm talking about like a Chris- well-groomed beard. Yeah. yeah, I'm talking like Chris Evans when Captain America had a beard. Oh, yeah. Like that, like was just the perfect amount of beard. I'd assume I could be very scratchy. I don't know. I wasn't making out with Chris Evans when his beard was at that stage, so I don't know. Oh, but no. I feel like once I feel again, like, no. once again, would you be willing to take one for the team on this? <laughs> I would totally take one for the team, Chris Evans. No, I'm I just talking about do. a beard in general. Go find yourself a uh-huh. bearded oh, man. No, 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 no. Oh, I have well, to. Yeah, I have the several beards now, and I'm gonna say <laughs> I'm out. Or I'm uh, in, no. or whatever. 
You know what? I used to say I didn't like any chihuahuas, but Zoe is actually okay. Is she a chihuahua? She's very cute. Zoe! That little that little freaking fleecy doll was in heat. She's like 12 years old. Well, I think... She's still young enough to walk into the middle of the living room and stick her tail in the air. So the other dogs start going crazy. And they're fixed. Apparently being fixed doesn't make you less horny. Well, I could attest to that. I would say that makes sense. That checks out, I feel like. Yeah. Well, and guys get vasectomies all the time, and that doesn't change anything. Well, yeah, but they don't have their balls at all. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, true. yeah. To be fair, if I didn't have any hormones, I would not. Whole other and I don't think that Tyler gives them uh, testosterone on the side. Bonnie, did you read a testosterone-fueled book this week? No. No? Mine was very estrogen-filled. Usually when you say it's estrogen-filled, that means it's going to be angsty or whiny. Or poignant. Oh, oh. Why do you have to do that? Because you're so fun you when you You didn't even it. give me any warning. It, you like <laughs> slung it from the side. It slapped me in the side of my face just now. I know because it's so cute to watch however you react to it. I was listening to like a crime podcast and they said poignant and I laughed out loud. Like now I just can't help but laugh. <laughs> Anytime someone says it, I'm like, oh, Martha. Yeah. What estrogen filled book did you read, Bonnie? I read Band of Sisters by Lauren Willig. And uh, this book actually is one that I think that Megan would like. For me, it was just okay. It wasn't great. Enough to make me finish the book. So probably only about a three for me. So this took place during World War One, And it was a group of young women from Smith College who had like a relief unit that they sent over to France. And basically what they did is they just kind of helped villages recuperate after the Nazis destroyed their villages. Because, you know, when the Nazis went through, they, like, burnt all of the crops. They killed all the livestock, basically leaving them where they had absolutely nothing at all to even be able to recover. So this group of women kind of helped them, like, get all their crops back in order. They helped them with livestock. They had their own animals that they... uh took milk to the kids and stuff like that. So back in the time of World War One, to go to college, you were pretty much highfalutin. You were a Richie. You know, only Richies went to college, basically. And there was one girl that went in on scholarship. Her name was Kate, I believe. And it's basically about kind of like her relationships with the other girls, which some of them are, you know, snooty rich girls. Some of them are really nice and they just happen to come from really rich families and you know it's all about how you present yourself and you know having the right kind of manners so it's, it, it's basically just kind of about their Kate's relationship with everybody because she kind of feels like an outsider because she's not rich she's basically like a charity case and some of the girls treat her like a charity case and other girls don't treat her like a charity case but it's just kind of about what they did for the relief effort during the war and her relationship with the other girls. The reason why I kind of thought Megan would like this is because it has a very boarding school kind of feel to it. Yeah. I mean, I know they're in college and everything, but it's very, like, it made me think of boarding school, not college. Gotcha. Because, I mean, the girls all have the same outfit. And I have a really hard time connecting with books that are about people who come from money. Just because I can't relate to him very well. And that's probably why I didn't like this book very much. I mean, it was a good book. It was a good story. And there was some really good characters in it that I liked. And one of them was even one of the Richies, not just Kate. Kate got on my nerves a little bit because she was always about, oh, I'm nobody's charity case, blah, blah, blah. Why are you just paying my way? It's like, shut up. You're there. Get over mm. it. So she was like a whiny kind of character. Well, she was a strong character, too. Don't get okay. me wrong. I mean, gotcha. she, you know, when she went to France, she learned how to, you know, organize and she kept books for the whole unit and she learned how to, you know, fix trucks and raise animals. And, you know, so she was a really strong character, too. But like there's one instance where she finds out that one specific girl's family paid her way mm. instead of it being anonymous donations. And she really took that badly, and it created a huge r rift between the two girls. 
And I can kind of understand it a little bit, but then again, what's the difference between an anonymous donation and somebody that you know donating the money so that you can go? I mean, you're still there to help the war efforts. You're still there to help those villagers, and that's what you're doing. It's not like they just went on vacation to France. Right. It's not like she's just, you know, backpacking through Europe during college on anonymous donations. She's there to make a difference. So when you like if you have a group of friends and someone takes up a collection for you, it doesn't feel so bad when it's coming from like ten people. But like if like one person was like here's a lot of money for you to do what you need to do, like you feel more like the burden of that. Yeah, the obligation of it maybe. Yeah. Pressure. Yeah. That's interesting though. Yeah, and I, I get that. I mean, I'm poor. I've had other people have to pay my way for stuff because I can't afford it. But I mean, it's because they want my company. They want me to go with them. It's not because I asked them to do it. And it was about this. It was the same way. Mm. Yeah, it was false pretenses and she didn't like to be lied to. And I totally get that. But the bottom line is, is she was there to help with the relief efforts. And that's what she was doing. She was doing a good job. And it's not like she was not making a difference. Yeah, be a little irritated because it's like, why didn't you tell me? I mean, be honest. Don't freaking lie to me and go behind my back and let me find out other ways. Right. But took it a little too far, too. But, you know, whenever you have a group of strong women like that, there's going to be a little bit of overreaction. There's going to be some drama queens, a little bit of unnecessary it's one of the hardest things and also one of the most common things about groups of women is that you always have some flavor of misunderstanding or overreaction or underreaction and the reaction to that. It's just human, mm-hmm. human nature tends to really come out. And of course, you know, there is a little bit of romance, but not a whole lot of romance because, of course, you know, they're single college girls that go across and spend all their time with servicemen who are there to fight the war. (laughs) Mm So, yeah, no, it was okay. Just not fabulous. Like I said, if I know somebody who would like that kind of book, and I mean, there is some sad, this book isn't as sad as the books that I usually read because you're not right, right there in the war. There are sad parts because, you know, just through what they found out from the villages, of course, you know, the Nazis have already gone through there and they've, you know, maimed people on purpose. And, you know, there's um, uh, Bosch babies from people that had gotten raped by Nazi army, uh, Nazi soldiers. So, I mean, there's still sadness in it, but it's not quite as sad. There's no, you know, baby throwing or anything in this book. Sweet. It doesn't meet no that maiden, threshold. No castration. <laughs> so, I mean, Keith, you might be okay with this book. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't sound like the level of trauma porn that I tend to stray from. So, no, that might be why I didn't like it so much. I was going to say that's that's probably why it didn't meet the didn't threshold to, for her. <laughs> I need I didn't need to contact my therapist afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> That, again, was called Band of Sisters by Lauren Willig. And it's a well-written novel, and I think that if you want to know about relief efforts made by college women, it would be a good thing for you to read. You know what we didn't really do because I ended up deleting that whole 20-minute debacle of us trying to connect? We didn't really Mm -hmm. explain why everyone is Zooming today. Oh, no, we didn't. Yeah. So we got this weird weather pattern going on. And I know that everybody else in the U.S. is experiencing it because there are tornadoes where there shouldn't be. And there is dryness where it shouldn't be. I know there's all kinds of weird crap going on. And Oklahoma had a very mild spring, almost weirdly mild. Ah, see? And because of that, all of a sudden... It's almost July and the severe weather is here and the rain is here and it's just weird as hell. And as a result of that, we're kind of afraid to get out on the road because the weather's supposed to turn bad. So everyone stayed home today. Yes. Well, and it's not even so much like the rain. It's more of like the hail hail possibility Mm -hmm. for me. Like I can drive in rain. I'm like, 
but I don't want to sit in your in our studio and literally just listen to the hail beat the shit out of my car yeah, in your driveway. Right? <laughs> yeah, that would suck. So here and we all are. And it's not like I have a 12 car garage where everyone can pull in. No. Yeah, work on that. Brett, when are you going to get one of those? <laughs> you got a big enough backyard. Just going to get extra. I'm going to need a bigger lot. <laughs> I'm, I'm still waiting on Vondi to buy that winning lottery ticket that we keep dreaming of. Maybe I just need to buy uh, like a smart car. Even, I, I totally forgot the other day. It was right. 63 million and I spaced it clear off. <gasps> wow. Yeah. Oh, I bought I bought tickets, but I never checked to see if my numbers are right. Honey, Honey you're sitting on millions, dude. So, that sixty three million dollar prize. Did anyone here? Did, <laughs> did somebody win it? Because I have no idea. In my glove box right now. You know, know that could be interest that you're losing out on every day. Yeah, but she'd have to get well, a lawyer have and like everything. Thirty days to claim it. Yeah. No, you have more yeah. than that. You have a year to claim it. I think. Yeah. Oh. Not that you'd wait that long because, you know, you got that money sitting there money. burning a <laughs> hole in your pocket. Like, I probably give me, give me, give me. might be a year before I remember to check my tickets. I'd be cleaning my car. Oh, yeah. I don't think I ever checked this. Somebody sent an alert on Bonnie's phone to check her lottery ticket. There was a customer like at a gas station who won like a million dollars on a scratch off or something. And didn't realize and threw it away. And then she came back later and the nice like clerk guy helped her find it in the garbage and like gave it to her. Like, but it was, it was in the garbage and she needed help finding it because she just thought it was. And then she was talking to somebody about it, I guess. And they were like, oh, wait, you scratched off three of these or five or whatever. And she was like, oh my gosh, I want a crap of ton of money. And I threw it away. Oh jeez! Oh, so don't be, be her, Bonnie. Yeah, get your <laughs> get your carcass out to your car and find those numbers. We need we need carcass. Ma- Mama needs some new books. Mama needs a twelve car garage so everybody can park <laughs> inside so we don't get right. hailed on. <laughs> yes. Mama needs those first editions. Yeah. <laughs> Mama needs some signed first editions. There you mm-hmm. go. All right, so um, Keith, I know you're bringing us down because you already warned I, us. She I already know. warned us. I mean, it is. It was not my usual like happy-go-lucky fair, but I, I'm really glad I read it. So uh, this week I am reviewing One Two Three by Lori Frankel. It's called One Two Three because it is told from the story of triplets that were born in the small town called Bourne. Um, and triplets uh, are a small town Mab. called Born. Yeah, like the Born Identity, but not uh, that. Oh, Born and Born, <laughs> Born and Born. B O U. Oh, did yeah, that probably <laughs> sounded weird. Sorry. <laughs> now that I think about it, I think isn't that town like in Ohio or something? You know, she purposefully. Isn't there a town- I mean, I'm sure there is, but she purposefully does not like. She said that she based this on one specific town, but she purposely doesn't say where it is okay. and doesn't allude to where Born is in this book. It was the same author that wrote that How It Always Is, this is How It Always Is last year about the five-year-old that was transgender. Do you remember when we talked about that? That was a really good book too. Mm-hmm. So the triplets are named Mab, Monday, and Mirabelle. Mab was born and she is un, like a quintessential 16 year old they're all 16 monday uh has like a developmental disorder she's kind of, she seems like a high functioning uh auti- autistic and then mirabelle she was born with uh pretty severe brain damage she's insanely smart she's a really high iq but she only has use of a hand so she's in a wheelchair um like she is nonverbal, so she has like a keypad and she types things in so that she can speak and she calls it the voice. So whenever she's talking, it's the voice that's talking. And they came out in that order. Mab was first. So throughout the book, they call her one. Uh, and this is how the triplets refer to themselves. 
So they call Mab one, they call um, Monday two, and they call Mirabelle three. So throughout the book, the chapters aren't numbered. It'll just start like, so it was a little confusing because it was chapter one and then two and then three. And then and it went back to one. two. Oh. Yeah. Because oh. it, it can coincides which, with whichever triplet is speaking. But uh, so the entire thing is told from the 16 year old triplets point of view. Uh, the triplets, this town of Bourne is this sweet, quaint little town somewhere like kind of in the middle of nowhere. Uh, but unfortunately, 16 year, uh, 17 years ago, a chemical company came, built a plant, and uh, all the runoff went into the, the drinking water, the bathing water, um, the, the lake where they used to swim. And uh, it brought all of these jobs so that the, the town was thrilled and they were all about the chemical company. But most of the people in the town, like most of the people who worked for the plant died. Um, the people that didn't die lost limbs. And that's, and so many of the children that were born had these terrible birth defects. So uh, the triplets are not at all uncommon. Um, the there are so many people who have like disabilities that every single business is wheelchair accessible. Um, every home is wheelchair accessible. So, and because this was a very poor town, just about everybody in town is stuck here. They can't leave. They don't have the money to leave. Even if they had the resources, so many of them have such disabilities that um, if they went somewhere else, they'd be starting over. They'd have to find like disabled access places. Like nobody bats an eyelash at any of these people who are now different because it's very commonplace in this town. So the triplets are really beloved by everybody in the town. Uh, the high school is such that there are three tracks like the, and the track A are the kids who are quote unquote normal and have like normal learning. And then track B where they need a little bit of help and track C where the track A students are mandated that they have to tutor track C because these are the kids who have such bad learning disabilities that there are so many, the teachers can't handle them all. So like, that's what this town is like. It is just completely kind of decimated by what happened 17 years ago. It when sounds like Aaron Brockovich needs to like it get is up very, in there. It is very much like Aaron Brockovich meets a civil action, if you saw that movie. So it's very much like that. The triplet's father died because he worked at the plant and their mother has many jobs now. Like, so they don't have a therapist in town. So she acts as the therapist and then she tends bar. And she also has been working for years on a class action suit against the chemical company. And once everything kind of started, they left. So the chemical company is gone and everything has been sold. I mean, there's very little in this town. They had this huge library and they sold off all the good books, like all the books that could get money. So Monday, the, the middle child, the middle triplet, she is like the unofficial librarian and all the materials that are left, she just has in places in her house. And she has the kind of intellect that she knows exactly where everything is and what is there. So if you came to our house and said, hey, Monday, I need a periodical about this, she would know if she had it. And then she would know it's next to the toilet besides the bathtub in this pile. Wow. So nobody comes, nobody leaves, no new people come in. And then one day all these moving trucks and things come in and, and places like trucks just start coming through town and everybody's gossiping about it. And it turns out that the chemical company is coming back and they want to open again. They want to open the chemical company and bring all these jobs back to the town. Oh, and the town needs the jobs so badly. And the man who was in charge when all this terrible stuff went down, his son is now in charge and he comes in and he's just talking about how, you know, we know what we messed up before we fixed it. So the, the entire book is just talking about this town, how everybody 
kind of meshes together what everybody's place is in the town. And they're trying to decide whether or not they need the jobs badly enough because they all know that everything that's happened to them, all the people they've lost are because of this chemical company. Mm-hmm. And so it's this tragic thing where they're trying to decide if they need the money badly enough that they kind of sell their souls to the devil mm. to go back and work for them. Even knowing that while they say, yeah, everything's fixed, that they could be lying right to their face. Oh, that's rough. It's, and they'd have to take it because they need yes. the livelihood that it brings. It's this amazing story. It makes you so angry and so upset just because you get to know all these different people in the town through the triplets eyes. And you see the mom is just so, her name is Nora. She has not given up after 16 years. She is still trying to get information about this class action suit. And she thinks they've come back because they're trying to bury information that is still in the town. So she's trying desperately to get money for the whole town, but meanwhile, it might be too late. And the man who comes in with the chemical plant, he has a 17 year old son and the girls all really think he's dreamy. And it's the new shiny toy. (laughs) And yes, that's exactly it, Megan. Like they've known all these kids forever. I mean, they can't imagine, like, Mab can't imagine ever falling in love with, like, anybody she's grown up with forever. And she wants desperately to get out of this town. So, like, half the kids are just trying to leave and trying to figure out how they can do that because the school isn't great. Because, I mean, it's just amazing because you you don't think about, like, if a town gets decimated in that way, You don't think about how much the survivors have gone through, how much they've lost, how many people they've lost. I mean, at one point they bury someone who's lived to be 96 and they celebrate like crazy because it's the first funeral they've had for someone who's died of old age in like 20 years. Shit. I mean, it's just so I can't say the word again because that would be mean, but it's just so meaningful. And she's such a good writer and she spins all these tales of all these different people through these young people's eyes. And they've grown so quickly because they have these terrible, terrible afflictions. And the ones that don't like Mab is normal, but she has this insane guilt because her sisters are not. It was an amazing book. I'm still reeling from all the different stories and all the different emotions. And I mean, first loves and new loves, like people who they've lost and people who are still working through grief and people who are still sick and just so many different emotions when you read it. It was a crazy, crazy ride, but it was so good and it was just so much I've never thought about because I don't know sometimes you think you know if things are just so bad you just leave and you don't think about the fact that there are so many people who that's just not like a thing that they can do they can't leave their lives are here and they have to somehow make it better and how do you do that when you don't have anything anymore so yeah she's an amazing writer. She's very lyrical. She's very thoughtful. And she's just, she spins all sorts of different, like there's no plot twists or anything, but she spins all these different people's lives and their tales into one really cohesive story that just makes you think about all these different issues that have to do with it. I would say easily it's the best book I've read this year. Wow. Um, and that was One, Two, Three by Lori Frankel. Um, I don't know if I'm bringing the room up, so to speak, but you have it, to. it's an interesting book. So this week I read A Deadly Education by Naomi Novik. And everything in the description of this book pretty much said, Megan, buy me. It's almost like a darker, sinister Hogwarts so if you are magically gifted, 
you get to go to the school of Mance, and the school is basically trying to kill you the whole time you're there. It is not like a happy, like, let's go to the Great Hall and have dinner and let's go to Hogsmeade. (laughs) It is not Hogwarts, but it's a boarding school for witches in the same way. And it's built almost like a clockwork. Each each grade level has like a floor that they live on and it like rotates around like a center kind of is the best way to describe. There's a really great diagram in the book. So if you get the physical book, there's a very nice diagram. Like a map. It's a map. I'm always like a good map. But the, you basically, as you start as like freshman, and then you kind of rotate down the circle of the school and demons and stuff can get into the school. So you can't like just walk around like you have to go in groups because you might get attacked and have to kill a demon in the middle of the hallway. And there's like a magic that's kind of in the middle. So like one wall of our main character, um, Galadriel, who goes by L is like a void and if you walk into the void like you may or may not ever come back like it's almost like a black hole of power that's like in this that makes the school and your room is like your only safe space most of the time like every the rare occasion where some like a demon will attack in a room but typically it's like on the way to the cafeteria or if you're in the shower there may be like a water demon that can like attack you in the shower so like you always go in pairs so like you'd have two people in the shower room in case they had to fight off a water demon or something. Sheesh. Yeah, it's intense. And so our main character, she's kind of like an outcast. So she has no alliances with anybody. And the big thing is if you form alliances, you can get into covens and have protection once you graduate. So she doesn't really have any alliances. She was raised by her mother in like kind of like a commune. And she has nothing to do with her father's side because they met her and decided that she was like going to bring destruction upon the earth and was evil. So it's like, she never really fit anywhere. Like her grandmother on her dad's side was like, absolutely not. We don't claim you. You are going to cause trouble. And so um, she just kind of stays to herself and you have to like, yes, you have magic, but you also have to like build up your magic stores So you, it's not just like in Harry Potter or somewhere other witchy stories where they just like have endless amounts of power. So like she'll do like push-ups in her bedroom to build up her power. Hmm. It's a little different. It's a little interesting. It was hard for me in the beginning to like figure out exactly what was going on because there's people who use like dark magic throughout. And I want to say it's called mana, but that might've been the good magic. I don't have the book in front of me right now. It's on the shelf, but there's people who use like dark magic and it changes their features. And like, you can tell when they're using dark magic, but then you still kind of want one of those people in your group because you might need them to use their dark magic. So it's kind of an interesting dynamic. Uh, But we meet Orion Lake who demons don't seem to attack, but so for whatever reason, they don't seem to attack and he can go and attack them. So if like, He's kind of the guy you want around if you're in trouble because he will like help you before you even know you need help. And he somehow teams up with L and there's a little bit of that like tension. I wouldn't say it's YA. I would call this more new adult than YA because it's not that like high school romance type thing. Like it's more, it just like happens. Like he's around and she's around and somehow they're all of a sudden friends and they don't really like want to admit that they're friends or that they're in a like, thing together and so it's just a lot of them kind of going back and forth and she keeps he keeps being like saved you again saved you again she's like i didn't ask you to save me go the hell away bro (laughs) and so it's kind of fun interesting dynamic um and we we realize part of the way through that like something is malfunctioning in this school like there's far more really bad like greater demons bad worse demons getting through than normal and your senior year when you get to the bottom of the spinning levels, if you live, if you live that long, <laughs> um, the real question is, will you survive graduation? Jeez. Because you get to this bottom. Le- so hold on. I got to back up. So the, each year, like when you, when the freshman becomes sophomores, there's like a mechanism that like gets rid of all the demons on the floor or like it cleans out the school at the end of the year. Well, that start over. Yes. But the mechanism in the graduation hall has not worked in like hundreds of thousands of years. No. Yeah. And so when you get down to the graduation hall, it's just like all full of monsters. 
and it's like you have to fight your way out like that's your graduation like if you can get out of the graduation hall like you get to live so it's why does anyone go to the school (laughs) right i don't i I can't exactly remember if it's one of those where like you get your letter and you're like woohoo, or like it just like drops you in the school and you're like what the hell just happened i would hire a private tutor (laughs) yeah i think it's more of it drops you in because they talk about how like no one gets to bring much with them like you kind of have to have Mm -hmm. whatever you need like really quickly on you so i feel like it's kind of like it picks you and you you drop in there. So that's why you have to build all these alliances because by the time you get to graduation, you have to fight off these like giant demons that have never been killed, like never been like neutralized in the graduation hall because the mechanism is broken. It was a very interesting story. It was a weird story. Um, and I, I think I gave it four stars, I think on Goodreads. Um, and really I probably would have given it maybe like three, three and a half. Cause I just, it was a lot of world building that was kind of hard for my brain to follow at first. I liked Galadriel. I liked Elle. She was snarky and kind of fun. And you kind of, you like Orion because you just feel like he's like Prince Charming in a way. <laughs> but like, but no, like, but she doesn't want him. She's like, go away. I don't want your help. Like, so it's kind of interesting on that aspect. Um, but what got me, and I won't tell you what the line is, but the last line of the book, I got to the end and I was like, what, uh, what, uh, where's the next book? <laughs> like, I texted, Kaiser Soze. Yeah. It was like, <laughs> you get to the end and you go, what? <laughs> like I need the, I need another chapter. And it's literally the last sentence of the book. And it just, I closed it. And I like texted Keith and I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> it's like, what just, what, what does this mean? Yeah. Cause there's more books coming. Right? Yes. Yeah. This is listed as like as number one. And it was, it was fun because it wasn't a Harry Potter. Like it wasn't like, oh, here's the happy witches. And like, they're kind of fighting like one evil or, this you know, it, like adult Harry Potter. It was. Stuff. Yeah. It was definitely like new adult. You know, you say that, but <laughs> I started reading it and immediately said, this book is for Megan. I'm not reading it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, she it's did. It's more adult Harry Potter. But I liked Harry Potter. <laughs> I love yeah. Harry Hello. Potter. It has to do with the yes. tone of the book. But it, the Harry tone Potter is very dark at the beginning, right? The, no. like the this tone of this book is with, yeah. The tone of this book is everyone's different. gonna die. You're gonna be lucky if you live. Yes, and it, it, it made it kind of interesting because, like, as more and more bad things happen, you're like, how are they getting in? Like, how are you gonna stop it? And how can you save? the school and everybody else because you can't kill the whole school i mean you could but it wouldn't go well someone needs to just drop a bomb on that school and start over exactly so i really enjoyed it i really for me feel like the last line of the book moved it up in stars points because it was such a cliffhanger that was just like um what do you mean xyz sentence like i need an explanation now i love now what you've done megan hate books like now what you've done is you've made it so that people will open the book and look don't look at the last sentence don't cheat that experience it was so fun last sentence (laughs) of the book needs to be read at the end do not look at it no you probably would not understand it no you wouldn't you would be lost I, I can never yeah. understand people who go to the end, but there are people out there that do it. There are yeah. people that do it, but I, it really sealed the like four star review for me when I got to that at very end of the book and went, oh, I need more. <laughs> like, I need to know what's going to, because it kind of felt like a pretty bow was almost put on it. And then that last and sentence is like, like nope. <gasps> boom. <laughs> like, so that was fun. And that was a deadly education by Naomi Novik. All right, fine. I'll I'll go and do my thing here. <laughs> Read your damn book. Bye. Okay. <laughs> I am going to review a book called Mary Jane by Jessica Anya Blau. There are some people that did not like it because the tendency to compare it to other books sometimes puts people off. In the description, it says almost famous meets Daisy Jones and the six, Mm. which I don't necessarily agree with that. That isn't why I picked it up to read it. I actually picked it up to read it because somebody in the tribe read it and 
was describing it to me. And I think that one of the reasons that I was able to connect so deeply with the book was it immediately reminded me of a few experiences I had as a young person going to people's homes to babysit. I was raised in a very strict Mormon family. And those are the kinds of, you know, when you're growing up, you know, that's your little, you think everybody's like that, right? And as you grow up, you start to realize that's not the case, that other people have different religions and other people do things differently. And I still remember the first time we went to babysit at somebody's house who was Catholic, they had beer in their fridge. And that was just (laughs) scandalous to me because, you know, Mormons don't drink. So, but I remember those experiences of, you know, being able to start to look at the world differently. And the main character of this book is a 14 year old girl named Mary Jane. And her mother is very, almost a stereotypical, perfect housewife type where, you know, she's taught her daughter to cook meals and, you know, you have everything is very structured. Everything is very specific. You do certain things at certain times. Everything is very proper. You dress a certain way. You talk a certain way type thing. Well, she gets asked to be a nanny for the summer for a local psychiatrist. And of course, she says, sure, she'll go. And the the little girl she's taken care of is five years old. Well, when she goes into their house, you know, it's a nice house on the outside. And she's always, you know, thought very highly of these people. But then she goes inside their house and it's a mess. (laughs) And she's, you know, she's immediately like, because it's so different immediately from the way she grew up and the things that she has come to expect. She tries to use her skills to take care of the little girl. So she just sort of blazes in there right away to start trying to do that. But there, none of the tools that she's used to are present, such as there is no milk in the fridge that's good. This, it's chunky. And she's never seen that before. So, you know, that's not the kind of thing that happens at her house. And she, there's no food in the fridge. Everything is, you know, piled everywhere and there's junk everywhere. And, but yet these are very affluent people. So she sort of has to readjust her thinking to their sort of way of doing things, at least enough to get things done. And so the growth that you see in her is really interesting because she's able to take her very specific skill set and be the adult in the room where she's taking, she's making sure that people get fed. She's making sure that, and so she starts preparing meals for the family. Now, in order to do that, her, she has to sort of fib a little to her mother because her mother wouldn't understand that there's no one cooking dinner in their house that they order out for every meal. You know, that's just, just unthinkable. And so she sort of makes up this tiny little white lie about the mother having cancer, which oh isn't strictly accurate. And then almost right after, well, wait, maybe I think that happens before. So it, almost right away, when the book begins, the, um, the psychiatrist's one client for the summer shows up. He's cleared all of his other clients off the list, and his one client shows up. And his client is a rock star and his girlfriend. And his girlfriend is super famous as well. She's from some TV, or sh- TV show or something. And of course, Mary Jane knows the girl and she's kind of learning about music, but she has, she doesn't have any frame of reference for anything except show tunes or soundtracks because that's basically all she's been exposed to. So she grows up so much during that time. And she, she makes up the fib about 
the mom having cancer because she can't tell anybody the truth about this rock star living with them for the summer. She's supposed to keep it a secret. Plus, her mother would never let her stay there if she knew that that was going on. So so she's, you get this whole just really interesting, chewy dynamic of her, you know, trying to hold this family together on her own with her own little set of rules. And actually, it sort of makes a family out of them. And it, I really liked it. I thought it was extremely entertaining. Some people didn't like it at all because their expectation was that it was going to be almost famous meets Daisy Jones. But for me, it really wasn't, that wasn't what I got out of the book at all. I, like I said, I related right away to that feeling of going into the home of someone else and discovering that the world was a lot bigger than you thought it was. I think everybody can relate to that specific moment in their life where they found that out. But I really felt like I was right in the story from the very beginning. I really enjoyed it. I thought that it really just felt like summer because it was a summer babysitting job. And for me, it was like the perfect little mini beach read type thing. I can't remember if I did title an artist, but anyway, here it is again. Mary Jane by Jessica Anya Blau. But I really liked it. I thought it was a fun book. And you kind of got to see the brands of the of that time period. Screaming Yellow Zonkers. Does anybody remember what those are? Bonnie, do you no, remember no. Screaming Yellow Zonkers? No, I don't even know what that is. Okay. Is it a book? No, it was a type of snack. It was a popcorn with uh, it's oh, kind of like Cracker no. Jacks only better because it was like a glazed popcorn with nuts and stuff. And I just loved that stuff as a kid. And I I knew right away what they were talking about. So I, I also had that nostalgia for a lot of the brands of my childhood because it was that same, around that same time when I was growing up as well. So anyway, that was called Mary Jane by Jessica Anya Blau. And Very I nice. gave it four stars. I It wasn't my favorite book of all time, but it was extremely enjoyable and I definitely would recommend it, especially to people of my age group and people who maybe led a sheltered life when they grew up and, and were able to like begin to spread their wings as a 12 to 14 year old. Screaming yellow zonkers. I looked up those zonkers, I, I, I do recognize Do you remember it them. now? They were, they were much toffier and they had no peanuts. Right. I, and Because I don't like peanuts. They had almonds ah. instead of peanuts. Screaming, Screaming yellow, yellow zonkers. zonkers. And I of mean, course, they're in a box very like Cracker Jack. They yeah, just, they are. It's different. Yeah. And mm. the, the, the rock star. There was star, another brand that was called something different that had that. It was. Fiddle Faddle? Glazed popcorn. But yeah, yeah. Fiddle, fiddle Faddle. Yeah, Fiddle just, Faddle. Yeah, it just popped up. They were showing both yeah. of them. But the, the fiddle faddle but the was rock peanuts. star was um, a drug addict. So he was craving sweets uh, all the time. So, you know, she got sent to the store to get all of these, <laughs> you know, foods. And th- one of the things that he really liked was those. So I, I feel like I have good. to like save a picture of that box so that I can post it with our reviews for the week. For the screaming yellow zonkers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I already have a note to put a picture it's just, on the website. You know, when you're a kid, oldies. you get those, those, <laughs> Those brands that just sound so exciting, like Hubba Bubba. I remember thinking, <laughs> whoa, that sounds so cool. Or Pop Rocks. Yeah. yeah. You know, or what was the other one? Zingers. That I, zingers. Oh, mm. man, those raspberry zingers. Mm. So many of those yummy things from when we were kids were probably filled with horrible, those colorings that were taken off the market and yeah just terrible for you yeah yeah they They, don't exist anymore for a reason yellow number 95 (laughs) which has now been banned in you know 27 countries or something i don't know if that's the case but also known as iridium or something (laughs) exactly (laughs) right with tasty cadmium (laughs) oh my god it's supposed to glow after bonnie did you charge your laser yet 
We've been waiting. No. No, I didn't charge the laser. We're going to need you to charge that. I think you should try it on your arm. Yeah. Don't try it on your cooter first thing. I'm frightened for you. Well, no, I'm not going to try it on my cooter first thing. Listen, I got to work up to that. I'm going to start with the bottom of my leg and then go up. I wonder if it makes like a noise. I don't know. Like if you hear the hair just burning. (laughs) (laughs) I would think it would zap Yeah, like I was envisioning it like zapping, like (laughs) (laughs) noise. Oh, listen, honey, those are the little hairs dying. (laughs) That even make me look for this when I go to Target because now I'm in like now I'm intrigued. One of the reasons I bought it was because I I kind of read about it in passing somewhere and they were talking about how hard it was to find them. And there was like a huge display. And I was like, well, (laughs) I mean, if they're in demand, I need to take one home and see what all the fuss is about ones that have razor on the one side and like the clippers on the other side i have those too that you can well, that's I, what i used, I used to, to use. have one of those so actually i i went on a, a website looking to find the very best razor for that and they pulled like all these strippers and porn stars and the one that vani is talking about is the one that everyone said to use and it's got like she said it's got a battery in it and like electric clippers on one side and a razor on the other side. And you can adjust it to make it, if you want your happy trail to be longer, if you don't want to go completely hard floor and you want an area rug, just you going up land the side, strip. up hard, the middle. Hard floor and area you rug? Just, you know. <laughs> you can make a little arrow so people know where to go. They hopefully know where they're Get going. Get shave with it if you wanted to. Shave welcome. Yeah, you know, welcome, Matt, right there. I don't know if it's big enough. Maybe the W. Maybe, maybe if your boy, maybe if but, your boy, boyfriend's name is Matt, <laughs> or Will. <laughs> I can't with you people. But, I've never used shaving cream. No. I read from the porn stars to use conditioner for your hair. Wow. Well, I mean, most of them said the best thing is to wax. But I mean, I live in a small town. I don't. I have a hard time finding somebody to wax my eyebrows. I can't imagine being like, hey, I got a new place for you to wax. There's not enough insulation in those walls to mute the screams that would come from my mouth. They have numbing cream now, don't they? I don't know. I've I mean, never, yeah, it wouldn't, I mean, it doesn't cream. like my eyebrow. I don't know. I guess it depends I on have how never much numbing stuff on my eyebrow. Yeah, I, I mean, the, tur- about- the Terry Pratchett turtle is book related. It yes, is. it is. I keep thinking about like trying to book a place when we go to Denver. That'd be cool if we could do that. I don't know how long it would take though. You know what I think is the funniest tattoo I have ever seen in my life. Mm. Mike, the guy that, the guy that helped us with our live events as part of his radio morning show, he did a stunt. Oh dear. That let his listeners choose <gasps> his next tattoo oh wait i heard this on ballsy. a re- wait i need to know what he got because i heard part one of this on the way to work during covid when they were doing like reruns when you guys were like off for a week or whatever at a time and i never heard what he got mike ipong got a tattoo on his calf of steve buscemi Oh my God. It is the most hideous tattoo I've ever seen in my life, and it's permanent. The to, listeners picked uh, that? I'm yes. sorry. They did it That's wrong. to be mean. I know they did because, you know. Of course they of course did. That's they like did. when you say to England, hey, name this boat, and they're like, Bodie McBoatface. Exactly. It was just exactly like that. But now yeah, we got to find. I think it's funny that that's what. Like, yeah, did I they know. give them options or did I, they just I don't, that many you people know write in Steve Buscemi? I don't know I don't what remember. the details of it were, but I do remember him <laughs> coming to work that day. Was he sad? Was he like, oh, dear God, guess what I have to get? He didn't say it. He just showed up and I saw oh it on his God. calf and I'm like, is that Steve Buscemi? I mean, it's recognizable. <laughs> That's who it oh, is. I gotta say, I have mad respect for that. Like to say, I will tattoo whatever and, you want, and then they say like, oh, like something just like out random, just random, and he did it, and then you do it. He like, did it. That's, That's commitment balls. right there. That is. That's like mad respect for Mike. Yeah, that's, that's the whole point looking. of it, though. He's a great character actor because of it. Exactly. He uses his assets. 
and he's unforgettable. He's a great actor. <laughs> yep, he's he's like the weaselly little. Well, he's a good actor. He's he, just it, creepy looking. You know, yeah, yeah, it's just, yeah. he is not the leading man. He, he just—he's got the eyes. I don't know. Those he looks, eyes he, like look like they're gonna flay you. And the snaggletooth thing. I always have a, yeah. a weakness for guys with snaggletooth because my husband has snaggletooth. But you know what? I think Jack Nicholson is kind of creepy looking too. Oh yeah, yeah dude. He no. is. He's even when he was younger, when he was supposed to be good looking and young, he's creepy. Yeah, he's kind of sinister looking. looking. Yeah, he makes like sinister motions in his face. Yeah, yeah, I've never understood yeah, how he, he should, made it as a leading man. Yeah, a male like, resting did... bitch face is what yeah. he has. Ooh. Yeah. Once you've seen him That's bust through true. a door with an axe saying, here's Johnny, I can't picture him romancing some girl. You can't unsee that? Come on. <laughs> nope. Where's your imagination? Steve Buscemi and Jack Nicholson is not the person you want in the room when you go to get your stuff waxed. <laughs> oh. Could you imagine I really guys? don't. Here's no. Johnny! <laughs> I need oh God! Pleasure. And then Steve Buscemi's <laughs> eyes scarred for life, scarred for life. <laughs> and that's why I got to do it myself. <laughs> and I think that's gonna do it for Three Book Girls. Can't get enough of Three Book Girls? Check them out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Follow them on TikTok, YouTube, and check out their website at threebookgirls.com. And join the group Three Book Girls Tribe on Facebook. If you really love them, share the podcast with a friend or join them at one of their live events. Three Book Girls, a Steel Trap production.